Good morning. Welcome, everyone. We're glad that you're here today. It's great to be with God's people uh, this morning as we worship the Lord together. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God this morning. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take that and to fill it out as completely as you uh, feel comfortable uh, filling that out, giving us as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. I promise you we won't sell your information to anyone. Um, However, if you would like to be a, uh, receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there, and we'll be sure to get you on our list. It's a great way to keep up with the activities here at Community Baptist Church, and that goes out every Thursday morning, and uh, I hope that you can, uh, will receive that and uh, be up to date on what's going on here. We have a number of announcements uh, this morning I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, our Upward program is underway. We have spent all week uh, registering young boys and girls for our basketball and our cheerleading program. And uh, yesterday, man, we were hopping yesterday. I think we registered almost close to 60 kids yesterday, I believe. Huh? 58 kids yesterday. Wow, 58 kids. So it, we, are, we are on our way. I'm sure we'll be registering a few more um, uh, this week, but I think Matthew has a has some uh, announcements or something to say about our our program this year. Good morning. <clears throat> I wanted to come up here this morning and let you guys know that we currently have 93 basketball players, but we also have 42 cheerleaders, bringing us to 135 kids that are going to be in, in this building every Saturday, all fall. Now, we're still taking people. We'll probably get another 5 to 10 this week. So we'll be up around 140, 150. Uh, we also have 53 of these families have asked for scholarship money. So basically what I'm doing up here now is we've already gotten some donations. And historically, this congregation is fantastic as far as giving money to help these kids to play this game. So if anybody has it in their heart to give us some money, Go ahead and kick it in. The cost per child is $70. So anything helps. We ask them to pay a portion of it, but it is $70 for us. So if any of you feel the need to donate, if you give any money to me or to Sybil, would be fantastic. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Matthew. And thanks for your leadership in uh, getting our upward program up and running here and running it this, this year. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. We do need scholarship money. We need volunteers. Uh, please, uh, we need your time as well as your, as your money and your talent. And uh, so please uh, consider volunteering for our Upward program. We can use you in any way. Uh, you can coach or you can be in the concession stand. You can uh, do the scoreboard or you can just be here to greet people and be a, the friendly face of Community Baptist Church. We need you in, in any way. Uh, also, let me remind you, everybody, that uh, we will be serving lunch at Salvation Army on August the 31st. So that's coming up this coming Saturday, right? This coming Saturday. And um, this is a good ministry. And, and I'll tell you what, the people that we serve at uh, Salvation Army, they always look forward to Community Baptist Church's Day to serve because our food is better. <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, you, you may want to uh, volunteer for that. It's a great ministry for us. If you would like to volunteer to serve uh, this coming Saturday, uh, please see either Jerry Wagner or uh, Mike Sugg, and we'll get you signed up. A couple other things that are coming up. We have a couple of um, uh, fundraisers that are coming up on September the 6th and 7th. We have our Sherway Barbecue, and there are tickets available. Uh, I have tickets. Other people here have tickets, and you can uh, purchase from. If you have tickets, raise your hand, please. All right. You look around. You, you see these people with tickets. Um, you can purchase from them. But really what I'd like for you to do is to take about five or ten tickets and go and sell them and bring the money back to us because those pre-sales are what really make this a, a big success. Another fundraiser coming up is the uh, Highway 60 yard sale on October the 4th and 5th, and uh, we are taking donations for that now. So if you have some things, if you're cleaning out your, uh, your house and would like to bring some things uh, to donate for us to sell at the yard sale, uh, it, it's a great way uh, to, to do that, to clean out your, um, your closet. Uh, we're not taking clothes, by the way, but anything else just about we will, we will take. And uh, also, our last announcement is that we are having a farewell, uh, what are we calling this, a soiree, <laughs> toast, a farewell toast uh, to Jerry and Adele Martin, and that is today. Of course, they've been uh, very much a part of our congregation and our lives uh, for a number of years now, and um, they'll, they're moving to uh, Connecticut on um, Thursday. And so uh, we will miss them deeply, uh, but we want to send them off in a royal fashion. So we will be having this uh, farewell toast to them this afternoon between 2 to 5. There will be a little program around 3 o'clock, so be sure you're here for that. And, uh, and we'll give them a fond farewell. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord and share the love of Christ with one another.
Please be seated. Please join me for our responsive reading for this morning titled Healing. Uh, this can be found in your bulletin, in your worship folder, as well as on the screen. God of healing, we bring our prayers to you. Some of us are a bit stronger, some a little more fragile. Remind the sad and lonely that you do not despise a broken heart, but welcome its tears. Remind those aching for others that one day the lame shall leap for joy, the blind shall see, and the deaf shall hear. God whose steadfastness outshines the sun, we lean on your steady love. Amen. The scripture for this we're reading is Luke 13, 10 to 17. Now he was teaching one of the son of gods on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with the spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, ending it because Jesus had occurred on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be sent free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Two people in the purple right there. Can you get up there? 
right behind you in the purple, y'all don't all know these people, but that's Adele and Jerry Martin, okay? And to get to know them a little better today, I'm going to tell you a little story. It's a true story. I like true stories, don't you? Can you think of the number 60? It's a big number, isn't it? You know, think of it, 60. Well, almost 60 years ago, the Martin family, Jerry's family, my family, and others in this church became friends. You know where? In church. 60 years ago. And on Sunday nights after church, his family, my family, he had two brothers, I had a sister, other families. We'd get together at homes. We might have peanut butter and crackers. We may have bologna and crackers. It didn't matter. But we had fellowship together on Sunday nights. Well, Jerry was the older brother to all of us. And he was the comedian and entertainer then as he is now. And he had routines. And my sister and I, of course, we were his perfect audience. We giggled and we laughed, but we had the best time. Well, he was older, and he left to go to college. And there he met that lovely lady there, Adele, and they married. Jerry went into the Army, and in the Army he was like what Tim is as a pastor, but he was called a chaplain. And as a chaplain in the Army, he traveled around the world. I'm telling you, have you ever heard of Thailand and places like Vietnam where he was wounded even? And then in there had a family. And Adele, they all lived in Germany and raised kids and all only to come back to the United States. And eventually, he was pastor at a church for some 14 years. Adele had a profession and a big job in Washington, D.C., and they worked. Little did we know that almost 50 then years later, where would they come back to live? In Henderson, where it kind of all began. And where do you think we all ended up together? In church. In church. And to you all today, if I can say anything about this, your best friends, Jacob, we can go all the way around this room. Start in the church. In the church. So here we are today. We're celebrating these beautiful people. They're going to leave us. It's the next journey on there. And as hard as it is, we know it's something they need to do and leave us. But how special it is to be back together. And I want to say one other little special thing. They're even neighbors. We live on the same street. That's even more special. So, back then as well as now, you know what? There is a song that we sang then as children. We did. And you have. And I've asked Jerry and Adele this morning to sing a verse for us. Okay? So if they would do that now, I'd appreciate it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so.
love you all so much. And guess what? The kids have made cards for you. And if you turn around, hand it to them, please. Would you say? And to wish them well, good luck. And Mary, where are you? Mary has a number of other cards somewhere here that kids. Jerry had them all. Very good. You can go back to your seats. Thank you.
Father, we thank you for the blessings of this day. We ask you to use this tithe and offering to better our church. Help us to be generous with our giving. Forgive us our sins. We ask that special blessing on the doctors and the nurses that work at the hospital. For these things we ask, come in.
soon after I uh, came to Community Baptist Church, uh, somebody put a clock on the back wall there, uh, I think to remind me of what time it was and uh, how long I have to preach. But according to that clock, it's 5 till 11. So hang on, folks. One Sabbath day, uh, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, and there was a woman there who was severely disabled. Her body was all bent over, so bent, in fact, that her head was nearly even with her waist. And Luke tells us that she she could not straighten up at all. She was permanently bent in this position. And you know what? That strikes me as an unbelievably sad situation, not to mention the pain, forgetting about the pain and the the inconvenience of not being able to straighten one's body. Imagine what that would do to to your self-esteem. Imagine not just the, the physical pain, but the emotional pain of that kind of affliction. Dr. Ralph Wilson suggests that this, this woman's problem was probably um, what physicians today would call Marie Strumpel disease. And this is a disease that causes the bones in the spine to fuse together, beginning with inflammation and stiffness. He says early in the course of the disease, people will find the, that the pain is somewhat relieved when they lean forward just a little bit. And so they go through the day leaning slightly forward, and gradually their spine begins to fuse. And the more they lean in order to relieve the pain, the greater the angle until the patient is almost bent completely over. And if you have any compassion at all or any ability to empathize with another human being, you can't help but to feel for this woman in the synagogue that day. She was terribly disabled, but you also have to admire her spirit. Because, folks, she did not allow her physical condition to keep her from worshiping God. A lot of people would, wouldn't they? Notice how our story begins. It says, One Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, And a woman was there who was severely disabled. Her body was all bent over. Did you hear that? Even with her affliction, she was in the synagogue on that Sabbath. And I admire her for that. And I wonder if if I would have that kind of courage to be in a public place with that kind of a condition. And even more important, she did not allow her condition to impair her relationship with God. The Bible tells us that she had been this way for 18 years, and I'm sure that the pain was relentless. And yet her habit was to be in worship to praise her maker. My friends, that's faith. That's faithfulness. I know people who will miss church if they bump their elbow. I know people miss church if there's just a little thread of rain, or probably even more probably if there's a thread of sunshine. <laughs> but here was this woman who was, who was where she was supposed to be on the Sabbath. She was in 
worship. And because she was there, she received a very special blessing from God. Now, I know that I'm preaching to the choir about being in, the, in worship, figuratively, of course. Because you obviously believe in worship or you wouldn't be here this morning. And nobody forced you to be here. Well, maybe a spouse or a parent. Uh, but I'm glad that we don't live in the, the earlier days when missing worship was a punishable offense. You may be familiar with Jamestown, Virginia. Uh, this was the first permanent settlement in the New World. You can go there today and, and, and see the settlements there. Uh, but some of their religious practices at Jamestown, early Jamestown, was they were kind of interesting. You see, they had a two-hour church service every single day. Every single day. And on Sunday, they had a five-hour church service. You thought I was long-winded. But here's the thing. Everybody had to go. Everyone was required to attend these worship services every single day. And missing church was considered to be a sin. And it was dealt with severely. The penalty for missing one service was the loss of food rations for that day. The second absence resulted in a public whipping. And the penalty for missing three times was to be placed in the stocks every single day for six months. You think we could improve our worship attendance if we initiated some, a system like that? I, obviously, we would never do something like that. But, but here's the thing. Missing, missing worship services is serious business because, folks, attendance in worship, attendance in church, it's a witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Attendance in worship encourages others. There's nothing more discouraging for a first-time visitor than to come into a, a half-empty church. But more importantly, listen to this, folks. More important than that, God is in this place waiting to bless you or to heal you or to strengthen you in some way. And this woman would have missed the healing touch of Jesus if she had not been in worship that day. The psalmist understood this kind of devotion, and he said in the 23rd Psalm, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We'll get over, we'll get done before then, before forever. But again, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. And in another place, the psalmist writes, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. My friends, this sorely afflicted woman was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And this is where she needed to be. And because she was there, Jesus healed her. Now, some people have suggested that the affliction that this woman um, suffered from may have been psychological or emotional or spiritual in nature. Notice what Luke, uh, how Luke describes her condition. He said, on the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit 
for 18 years. Now, what does that mean, crippled by a spirit? Well, in pre-scientific days, it was, it was common for all disease, every disease to be attributed to the presence of demons. And, and that may be what this was referring to. Uh, or in modern times, um, Luke may be saying that this woman's problem was something that are caused by something that was troubling her mentally or emotionally or spiritually. One of the Psalms that David wrote uh, uh, speaks to this. He says, I am bowed down. I am brought low all day long. I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. And if you read the rest of the psalm, you'll see that David attributes the fact that he is bowed down to his own guilt. He writes, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And of course, David had a lot to feel guilty about. And, you know, I would not be at all surprised if there were somebody in this room today, probably several people in this room today, who has spent some time in bed because of their aching back. And the cause of that aching back may have been stress. Emotional, psychological, spiritual problems can cause us to feel bowed down. We, some, we see someone who is, is, is troubled, and what do we say about him? He seems to have the weight of the world on his shoulders. And before long, we may even start to see that in his posture. The shoulders begin to slump, and the, the back begins to bend. We tell our children, throw your shoulders back and stand proud. But some children don't seem to be capable of that. And and so a lifelong habit of slumping shoulders and even more tragically a slumping spirit begins to form. All kinds of things in our lives can cause our souls as well as our backs to be bent. Humiliation and shame, loss of a loved one through death or divorce, accident, disease, a problem with our appearance or our personality. We don't know if any of these things applied to this woman. Maybe it was genetic or bacterial. We don't know. All we know is that she was bent over for some reason. She could not straighten up. And so when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free. And then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Folks, this is a very powerful thought here. Jesus can heal those who are bowed down, whatever the reason for their condition. There's another verse in the Psalms that speaks to this. It says, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. So whatever caused this woman's affliction, she was in worship on that Sabbath. And when Jesus told her to step forward, she obeyed, and this terrible burden was lifted from her body and from her soul. And Luke tells us that immediately she straightened up. 
And she praised God. Well, folks, let me tell you something. Jesus can do that for you too. If there is some burden that is weighing you down, then do like the hymn tells us to do. Give it to Jesus. Some secret sin, some sense of inferiority, some smothering anxiety, some lingering illness, give it to Jesus, whatever it may be. You don't have to carry this burden alone. Jesus is here to help you. He's here to help you. And folks, I wish that was the end of the story. I wish that was the end of the story. I wish our story for today ended right here because this is the happy ending that all of us long for. The woman comes to church. She meets Jesus. She's healed. And everything's, everybody's happy, right? That's the, the ending that we all like. But unfortunately, it does not end there. It goes on. You see, there's another character in this story. A man with a, a different kind of spirit. He had a, a spirit of legalism and condemnation. You see, immediately after this woman straightened up and praised God, immediately after she was healed, Luke tells us about this second character. And here's how he describes him. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not the Sabbath. <laughs> he was complaining because this woman had been healed on the Sabbath sun, on the Sabbath day. He was complaining. Man, where do these people come from? Have you ever known somebody like that? They will throw cold water on anything good that happens. And for some reason, they seem to be drawn to the church. <laughs> Pastor Lee Strobel is fond of quoting the reply that Homer Simpson's fundamentalist uh, neighbors gave when, when Homer asked them where they had been. They'd been off, uh, not at home, um, for a while, for a week there. And they came home, and Homer asked them where they had been, his, his fundamentalist neighbors there. And they said, well, we went away to church camp. We were learning how to be more judgmental. Well, I guess this man who criticized Jesus must have been in one of those camps. Because he was learning how to be more judgmental. He was, the, he was the leader of the synagogue here. And God had done a great work in the life of this woman right there in front of him. And you would have thought that he would have been jumping up and down praising God too. Wouldn't you think? But no, all he could do was criticize. Someone has noted that this was the last time it is recorded that Jesus was ever in a synagogue. I didn't realize this until I just read this this past week. And for one thing, from that point on, he was such a controversial figure that nobody would, no synagogue would allow him in their pulpit anyway. But you have to wonder, you have to wonder if the legalism of this synagogue leader drove him away. And if that's the case, 
then he wouldn't be the first person nor the last to be driven away from a religious assembly by a legalistic spirit. Kind of reminds me of that time-honored story about the, the knight in shining armor who returned to the castle one evening and he was a mess. His armor was dented. It wasn't shiny anymore. It was dented. His helmet was askew. His face was bloody. His horse was limping, and he was kind of listing to one side in the saddle. And so the lord of the castle came out and asked the knight, What has befallen you, sir knight? And straightening himself up as best as he could, the bedraggled knight replied, O sire, I have been laboring in your service, robbing and burning and pillaging your enemies to the west. To which the nobleman replied, You've been doing what? But I don't have any enemies to the west. And the knight replied, Oh, well, I think you do now. Folks, I'm convinced that many blessed saints with the spirit of legalism and condemnation have created enemies for God where previously there were none. And maybe you can understand why people are like that, but I cannot. This man was a leader of the synagogue. And this is a good warning for me as a pastor. I'm the equivalent here, the leader of the synagogue, the church. And it's a warning for me. I remember a, a bulletin blooper that I saw years ago. It said, please welcome Pastor Don, a caring individual who loves hurting people. <laughs> now, of course, that could be read two ways. Either he, he loves people who are hurting or he loves to hurt people. And I've known pastors who do both. But don't laugh. Lay people are like this, too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> David Fisher tells about a time when he was uh, in graduate school serving as a pastor at a small rural church in, in southern Indiana. And, and this was a church in which no pastor in their 110-year history had stayed for more than two and a half years. You see, they had this history of regarding ministers as outsiders and to, to be mistrusted, and they always kept them at arm's length. And to make matters worse, the congregation had, had recently suffered a, a, a terrible, ugly split, and the previous pastor had, and, and half the congregation had walked out in the middle of a business meeting to start a rival church. And the memory of those who remained, said Fisher, was the sound of the door slamming behind the dissidents. Pastor Fisher was young and brimming with confidence at the time, and he figured he would come in and he would do his thing and things would all turn around. But he got no response from this group of people. Nothing. No matter what he did, no matter what he tried, the people were determined not to accept him. In his words, this congregation raised passive-aggressive to an all-time high. They kept him and his wife at a distance and treated them with veiled hostility. He says he learned a lot in that time that he spent there. And one lesson that he learned is that in public life you receive a lot of other people's mail. And here's what he meant by that. He meant that much of the reaction to ministers of the past, and especially to his predecessor who had split the church, 
was unjustly visited on him. He received their mail. He says it was horrible. He says at school I was trying to earn some acceptance and respect, and at work in this small congregation I seemed to be a failure. It was so bad that one Sunday after church, Gloria, his wife, and I stood in in our house, and we looked out of the window at a field, and we held each other, and we cried, Is God here or not? That was our question, he said. Is God here or not? So you see, we can understand if it is true that Jesus never taught in the synagogue again after his encounter with this particular synagogue leader. And we can understand why some people who have been hurt by the church never darken its doors again. But folks, let me tell you something. That's not what church is about. Or at least it's not what it's supposed to be about. But it's sad. Because folks, this is a place where people can still come for healing and acceptance. This is a place where people can still come to find help for their hurting hearts. This is a place where people can be touched by the Lord himself and and find healing for their broken lives. Imagine someone coming into the doors of our church who is bent over, either figuratively or literally, like this woman in our story today. Will she encounter the spirit of Jesus? Or will she encounter the spirit of this synagogue leader? Well, folks, the answer to that question is up to us, every single one of us. Will they discover here a spirit that heals or a spirit that hurts? I'm glad that this is a congregation that has a spirit that heals. And let's make certain that we are that church family that always seeks to heal. A church that surrounds all people, everyone who comes into this door with a spirit of love and grace, the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn, Blessed Be the Tie, a wonderful Hymn, um, a beautiful hymn, and we'll sing all four verses of this. Uh, as we think about um, uh, Jerry and Adele leaving, that last verse is particularly relevant and, and appropriate. And we sing this as a hymn of invitation as well. And so if there's anyone here who would like to make a commitment to Christ today, we invite you to do that. Or perhaps you feel a heavy burden on your shoulder that may be weighing you down today, and you just need somebody to to pray with you and to encourage you, we'd be glad to do that. We invite you to come as we sing all four verses of Blessed Be the Tie. Would you come?
Please be seated. Uh, we're almost done, but not quite. We have something very important uh, to take care of before we conclude, conclude our service today. And I'd like to ask Greg Gibson to come forward, and uh, he's got a special presentation that he would like to make. By that clock, it's 11.20, so we're doing fine on time. (laughs) This won't be long. But we have some very, very special announcements and and a privilege to to, uh, make a presentation today. As you can see, our friends Jerry and Adele um, are coming down. We're here to recognize the gifts and the service of these two dear people who have a, a special place in many, many of our hearts. This is a day of thanksgiving for the two of you, Jerry and Adele, to honor your servant hearts. Maybe you begin this Deacon Emeritus Honorarium by hearing these words from 1 Peter chapter 5, which interestingly focuses on shepherding of God's people. Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Jerry and Adele, you continue to be willing and eager servants. Your attention to the flock as loving shepherds is endless and selfless. You're both extraordinary examples of living your faith to its fullest. Adele and Jerry, you do God's work like angels, serving others as God's ambassadors wherever life's journey leads you. During the past 11 years, we've had the privilege to serve alongside you, both inside these church walls and outside the Community Baptist walls. If you've ever had a meal at the Martin home, which I know a lot of you have, probably everybody in this church has, it's always a feast fit for a king or queen. Adele does cooking well. That is an understatement. Very well. And together, Jerry and her have hospitality mastered. It's one of many spiritual gifts that they share with us. If you received a card a note from the Martin home, You know how comforting, encouraging words can put a smile on your face or ease a worry. It's always a special day when a Martin card comes in the mail. Maybe Hallmark could get some pointers from the Martins. What do you think? (laughs) Or maybe you've had the pleasure of some personal time, I hope you have, with them, and witnessed firsthand the grace, kindness, an unconditional love that flows so freely from their hearts. If so, then you know 
what it must be like to sit among angels here on this earth. You may even hear a song or two like we heard today that blesses your heart. The Bible tells us together, as a church whole, we make up the body of Christ. Each of us with very different vital parts. Jerry and Adele, one of your roles must be the part of Christ's heart. The endless love you've so freely shared with this church and community has truly blessed us time and time again. You're always great examples of your faith. You're quick to step up and serve in whatever capacity when called upon. Our church family is honored and blessed to have your presence and service as deacons here at Community Baptist. The two of you join our emeritus servanthood of saints that include Vince Davis and Jim McElwain, who continue God's work daily, and others like Clinton Smith and Albert Tapp, whose earthly works have for now been completed. To all of you, God says, well done, good and faithful servants. And for your service to his kingdom and your ministry here in your deaconship. Let us be reminded of some of the qualifications, commitments, and practical duties of our deacons that include, and listen closely, being full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, and faith, sincerity, kindness, and giving, having a servant's heart, being a good example to others, and living out your faith. Stewardship, attendance, and continued training. Christian service and leadership to the church. All of these, Jerry and Adele, you have possessed, you continue to possess and share freely with all of us. And we're so grateful. So today we gather to recognize not one, but two incredibly loyal deacons whose service to others, both in and outside this church, has been exemplary. The category of emeritus deacons honors those deacons who have given outstanding and loyal service to the church and the board of deacons. If I may read a letter, Jerry and Adele, to you from the deacon board. Dear Adele and Jerry, words won't adequately describe our love for you. You've served others graciously and taught us by example through your personal ministries. You overflow with Christ's abundant kindness, compassion, and unconditional love. For your friendship, we say thanks. For your accepting love, we say thank you. And for your service, we are so very, very grateful. Jerry and Adele, you're our family. And it's hard sometimes to let family go to continue their journey. But we realize this, too, is part of your ministry and God's plan. We pray for you and ask God to go beside you as you have been beside us for so many days. Thank you for your many years of service to your assigned deacon families. You have and continue to do an outstanding job serving God in so many ways. Thanks for being a blessing to our church family, our community, and the world. You truly exhibit and live by our mission 
being the presence of Christ, serving a world in need. May God continue to bless you and your family, keeping you safe and well in your new Connecticut home. We love you, we thank you, and we'll surely miss you. You'll be in our hearts forevermore as great angels for Christ. The 2013 Community Baptist Church Deacons. Del and Jerry, as I said in this letter, we said, words can't adequately describe our feelings for you. And you may want to and you may not want to uh, address your church family now. That is your choice. But are there words that you would like to share with us? I'll, I'll get you the uh, handheld mic and you can do it from your seat. How about that? I'll be brief. That's but fine. <coughs> Take as long as you want. It's only 1130. <laughs> <laughs> this, this morning when we read our little devotion thought for the day from our little devotional calendar, I thought I'd like to share this. It said, a hug delights and warms and charms. That must be why God gave us arms. And I thought, walking into Community Baptist Church is like getting a big hug from our Creator God. And we have felt that way since the very first Sunday we came. We had talked about, well, we knew we were going to join this church when we decided to move back. This church is one reason we decided to move to Henderson. We knew it was here and we wanted to be a part. And we had talked about visiting around and not joining immediately. But the first Sunday we were here, we came here, and Jerry leaned over and he said, let's join now. (laughs) And I said, Jerry, they don't know us. (laughs) You know. (laughs) But we did join the next Sunday, and we've been so blessed. And thank you all for your love. And it will go with us, and our love will stay here with you like a big hug. I'd just like to say that mission that we have as a church, being the presence of Christ, serving a world in need, that that is what I think church is about. And that's what I've tried to live my life according to that. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to say that. We have a small plaque that can never express the amount of gratitude that we have for you. But it reads, Jerry and Adele Martin, in appreciation for your years of devotion to the ministry of deacon at Community Baptist Church, being the presence of Christ, serving a world in need, August the 25th, 2013. Please take this and remember us by that.
ask you to join us this afternoon at 2 o'clock going until 5 to continue the celebration of the Martins in our life. And uh, we'll have a great afternoon together. Uh, I also ask that any deacons who are here, even past or present, we'd like a photograph together with the Martins right down here in front as soon as the service is over. And also we probably could use some help resetting the room for this afternoon's activities. We do, we do need your help. Yeah, we need to move chairs quickly after church. So 2 o'clock we'll be here quickly. With that, let us uh, pray our benediction together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this blessed people that have so graciously touched our hearts as you do. Go with them. Keep them safe. Let them be examples for us to live by as you're an example for us to live by. Travel with us this week in them and keep us all safe. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.